0: The myths all the fads um and I thought it'd be quite nice to actually bring up what's his name Eddie Abu um, oh,
1: God. <laughs> but, because
0: because one thing I i had a call recently with a with a lad who joined and he was like he's like he doesn't know what to listen to anymore. He says yeah. because he, he he watches um you know a million different things on say whether it be TikTok whether it be Instagram and he's like one person saying one thing one person saying another and and I know this doesn't help as well that um, people like you know Stephen Bartlett are having all these awful guests on who are just chatting out absolutely out their ass, and that's makes it even worse because once upon a time everyone thought Stephen Bartlett was this like main sort of he gives the good information yeah. now all this rubbish. Um, yeah. But I think we'll I think we'll start with a good old Eddie. So what are your thoughts on him?
1: Um, well, Eddie. Uh you know what it's so interesting because i feel like he he doesn't lie but he doesn't tell the truth it's like you know when you tell half truths it's believable and so therefore everyone's just they can get on board with it because they they can hear the truth but they can't hear why it works or how it works and so then he just becomes um what's the word popularized and so you know he he, he's telling everyone to cut out sugar and he says like the government's telling you to count calories to make money off you and it's like he makes such extreme claims Mm -hmm. that people turn around and go well what are you offering and the thing is everyone's known since the beginning of time when you reduce any form of carbohydrate you will lose weight quickly because Mm -hmm. But every gram of carb we consume, our body stores three grams of water, roughly. Mm -hmm. And so you remove carbohydrates, and guess what? You lose water out of your system quite quickly, and your weight comes down really quick because water is actually more dense than fat, and so your weight would drop quite drastically. And so all people need to do is listen to him for a week, and when they see a drastic change in their weight, guess what? Now Eddie's correct.
0: Yeah. And now you and now you believe literally everything he says. And exactly the the thing is, you know. So you got to realize, okay, well, what sort of knowledge does he have behind him? And yeah. the 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 fact of it is, is that he's a ex bodybuilder, um, an ex steroid user. Actually, maybe probably is from something like TRT now, anyway. Um, and to see that he's, you know, he made. I think it was like one video, I think it was on it was like Serial or something that went crazy at first, and now it's just carried on. But with things like that, it's just the fact that he's now found a way to be able to popularize himself and make himself more money. So it it won't stop it. Maybe maybe the first few were decent, or maybe he said a couple of things that you know made a lot of sense. And then next thing you know, because he wanted to keep up with the views, with the money, with the all of the things coming in now that these people are just finding new ways and new things to slate. Um, yeah. You know,
1: I mean, like he he says some valuable stuff, but yeah. it's the way he says it that makes it come across as like extreme. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know if you saw his video. Like, he went into Greg's and says, "Don't eat yeah. this, it's shit. Don't eat that, it's shit." Like everything in Greg's, he goes, "Don't waste your money in here." Like, you know, buy my ebook or something, you know, like yeah. it's like it's very extreme. But, you know, if in a more calm way he said everyone should reduce their amount of processed food they're consuming, uh, then, you know, then I'm on board with that because, you know, processed food has less nutritional benefit than, you know, nutritious food, I guess. Yeah.
0: Well, um, I, or I, whole food. I actually saw a really good video by. Um, I can't remember his name, um, but he eats like 16,000 calories in a day and he just eats like um big bowl of cereal. You've probably seen him. I saw um, him actually yeah. the other day. Yeah, and it, he done a really good reel on Instagram just um, about Eddie. And he said he wasn't mentioning any names, but of course it was all about Eddie. And he, I wouldn't recommend his diet either, um, the, the amount of rubbish that he, he eats. But he said something really good. He said there is no... What the issue that Eddie is creating by saying things like, you know, you can't have this, this is shit, for example, he's creating that good and bad food divide. Absolutely. And, and that is causing a lot of people then to struggle because they don't know what they should be doing. And this guy, he, he mentioned that just seafood is more nutrient dense. Some foods are more nutrients, nutrient dense than others. And I said that, that was a really good way of putting it. And if Eddie could have turned around and actually said that, then he wouldn't have all, you know, he wouldn't be misinforming people and a- allowing them to, you know, make these decisions around food that realistically they shouldn't be making because people are now trying to cut out all these foods that they that, that are part of their, you know, normal, healthy, say, balanced diet and just letting them just go wild on that for a few weeks and then they just end up crumbling again all over again and they're just the same cycle.
1: But the reason why Eddie's pushing this forwards is because he's pushing... His relationship with food forwards as well. So, if he believes these foods are bad versus good, then guess what? Anything that other people now will believe that he's now altering other people's perspective on their relationship. I mean, you know, it's he's made himself what we would call like an authority figure in the fitness industry, which is someone who's believable and someone who can prove his method works but anyone could do that you know people do that with fasting all the time you know Mm -hmm. all it takes is get a few people results or quick results and then people will believe what you're doing is true and believable and so everyone will follow you but then that doesn't mean everything you say is gospel but anything you do say you have to take into consideration now that you know whatever comes out of your mouth you are now an author- authority figure in the industry, and so people will believe what you say. And I don't think he realizes where he started off with good intentions. He's now ruining people's relationship
0: with food. Yeah, hundred percent. And but you you see this a lot with people who have a um, an authority role in, in our industry, especially absolutely. In, um, there's a there's a I'd probably say like a cult following in Liverpool about this. Um, thing called Shred Fast. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I'm not sure. Well, anyway, there's like there's loads of like different like gyms. They do massive classes, and you know pretty much every most people I speak to in Liverpool have tried it before. And it says it in the name, Shred Fast, right? So you can imagine what sort of things you're going to be doing. I remember one guy actually mentioned that he was on like 900 calories or something. Um, and I don't know, and the workouts that he was doing were like high intensity you know non-stop you know kettlebell swings for about a million years and I was like that's that person has became an authority because obviously he got results with some people there were some people that could really dial in and be unbelievably disciplined and let their life be utter shite to be able to get the results they needed and then off the back of results then the next thing you know you have X amount of other people wanting to try, and X amount of people failing. And I think one thing that people don't actually show, and maybe even I can be guilty of this, is that not every um client is successful. Yeah. And when you're seeing pe- on things on people's pages like results and things, is that it's only the good results that they will show. They'll never show the person that failed, the person that struggled. And so when you're looking at them, you've got to then also realize, okay, well, what does that person even put themselves through to get into that shape as well? I think that's an important question to ask.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. There's, well, there's two sides to this. There's the side where you've just mentioned, you know, you only see the good results and not the ones who didn't achieve results. But then you've also got the side of, what does that person who got results look like six months down the line? So, you know, a lot of people, if you're, doing like let's say a shred fast and you're losing weight quickly you've not had the opportunity to really learn or understand what habits were in place that made you be from where you are to where you're going or what got you to where you were previously when you may have been overweight or may have not been super lean and so when people don't understand how they ended up where they were they're never going to be able to stop that happening again so it's important mm-hmm. to be able to get why you were where you were in the first place was it because you were an overeater you just didn't move enough when you're stressed you eat more when you mm-hmm. you go out drinking every weekend or you overly binge you know there's so many reasons why people end up gaining weight um but a lot of people never know why they gained the
0: weight in the first place no, 100%. I think that's one of the most important parts is to be look at, be able to look at the past because that's where the whole learning process happens. Um, I always say one thing to my clients when they it's very easy to be critical of yourself when things maybe don't go well. Maybe you have a, you know, maybe you overeat on one particular day and the average person, and this is actually really good for the, for the listeners as well, if the average person, and to be honest, I think everyone's done this. You have maybe a bad day of eating. Next thing you know, you're scolding yourself. You're saying yeah. to yourself, oh, why did I do that? Why did I eat this? So I actually say to my clients, I was like, listen, I was like, for example, it's happened, but let's not be critical, be curious instead. And what do I mean by that? Is then, okay, well, why did this overeating happen? What happened in that day to allow this to happen? What were the emotions you were feeling? And as soon as they start looking at it like that, then they think to themselves, oh, okay, let's actually think about why I done that. And then that will therefore... Reduce the chance of it happening again versus if you're critical of yourself. What normally happens is that happens again much much quicker down the line. And absolutely just a quick little, you know, switch of frame is important. But what I said, when you go through like little programs like you know, um all these like quick shredding programs, it's you don't get that. You don't learn that. You're just learning just to go all all in um all in on just you know just getting battered really not actually thinking about anything mentally and it's also as well it's kind of like yes exercise will make you feel a bit better mentally and things but you're kind of putting up like a like a like a false wall from all the issues that you've had previously and then when you stop doing say that particular program which will happen because you can't keep doing that for life the wall then just starts to break down again
1: But the truth is, some people aren't ready to deal with their past, which is why Mm. they'd rather do that method. And so some people, unfortunately, need to go through these bullshit methods a few Mm. times to go, I'm sick of going backwards. I want to now keep what um, I have. And so they'll realize that when they have to deal with their past, you know, when the time's right, they'll do it. Yeah.
0: I, I I think that's crazy as well and you've probably had it because you're a coach just like myself how many people come to you and say they've had like x amount of personal trainers before or they've done this program before and you think to yourself how has it taken so long how many mistakes do you have to make to be before you actually come to someone you know who you truly believe can help yeah
1: yeah but it, there's the problem oh. like sometimes also you know like this is like calling out the bullshit and whatnot um some some trainers also let down the industry as well, you know, like we just mentioned,
0: hundred uh, percent, um, and because I think as the industry has become so saturated over the time as well, it's um, it's a difficult place to be a, to be a person who wants a coach. I do believe, I do believe it's it's difficult to find someone who is perfectly, you know, suited for you and actually someone who's got knowledge as well. Um, I think the, the sad hard truth- part there. I
1: think the hard part there is like a lot of people these days, they qualify as a personal trainer, not because they want to help people, but because they help themselves and they think they can give other people what they've had, but that's Mm. not, that's completely different. And a lot of people just apply the same method that happened to them, to other people thinking they'll get the same result. But the truth is you can't repeat, like there wasn't a systemized method Of how you got your result, because no one else who you work with, even if they're where you were when you started, they're not in the same psychological state. They're not in the same physical state. You know, they don't have the same lifestyle that you live. So, with just these three factors alone, they'll never get the same result that you got. Or maybe like one in five will, but that's not like you're not helping everyone. You're helping a very small portion. And I think more people need to learn how to. I think for me, when I see a personal trainer training a client the way the personal trainer would train, you're no longer tailoring it to that client. You're tailoring that client's training to train like you.
0: You're hoping what that that you've done is now going to get the same thing for that client. And that just does not happen. Um, yeah. I, re- I realized this really quickly. And I actually remember. Um, I, you see this a lot, or oh, back, especially when I was working in gyms with um, women personal trainers, you know, I'd see someone go into the, um, someone go into, a client would go into them and next thing you know, they're doing like a little hit class and then they get in like the um, bands out doing like um, glute bridges and things. And I'm like, for, you know, for someone who's got, for a woman who's got good genetics, so someone who's already reasonably lean and then it would probably get you somewhere. But on the other hand, I saw so many women go in, do that, expecting to look like that personal trainer and never actually end up making any progress towards that. And then the difference was, is then my clients, especially at that time, my clients were 80% women, were training completely different to me. Um, you know, some of them that were training five days a week were doing glutes on three days. You know, that's not how I trained. But I had to learn that in order for my clients to get the, what they wanted that's and, how we progress yeah we're, we're 100% and even for me on my journey and as I say to the lads that join is that I've been through a hell of a lot my first personal trainer when I was at my heaviest weight was you know making me do like proper hit workouts I'd, I'd be punching the boxing bag straight to lat raises oh it was disgusting you know many times I threw up in there and I, I thought because once again and that I was in that position of being that say average like everyday person where i thought that was what had to happen i was like oh this is the only way that fitness works i was forcing myself through this consistently and then my next my next personal trainer was just some big bodybuilder geezer and next thing you know he was making me do supersets of off the machine chest press straight into barbell press on the floor and i was like jesus christ me muscles I i actually remember um i done first day ever doing legs with him second exercise in i couldn't move i was sat on the floor my calves were shaking so i've been on every end of the spectrum in regards to um in regards to like the different styles of trading but it's all been trading that 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 trainer has done themselves and as you said and that was a really really good point is that that doesn't always work and the fact is is as well that To get the best results, you've got to also find a coach that's been in the same situation that you've been in as well. Um, I I think that's key. I said that's a big reason I don't train women anymore, even though I can easily get women results. I personally just have not fully been in their shoes, whether it be emotionally, physically, what they go through. Um, So I I I, know I'm not best suited. I think that's
1: interesting that you raised that point because I mostly train women these days. Mm -hmm. And like, so... When I hear why women, for example, would rather have a male trainer versus a female trainer, Mm -hmm. a lot of them turn around and say, well, I compare myself to the female trainer, whereas I wouldn't to a Mm -hmm. male trainer because I would never look like that male trainer. So sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, they want to take away that comparison factor or I also think like, I think, you know, we never have to understand what someone else has gone through. But we have to just be understanding to what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, like I don't think we should ever exclude who we train, mm-hmm. even though we've never been in their shoes, you know, because truth be told, I used to be a really skinny lad who, you know, has built some significant muscle. Now I don't I don't train anybody who has ever been in my shoes. Right. Oh, I get that. Mm-hmm. So if that was the case, I would never really would train anyone. Yeah. Because unfortunately they'd all be like young 18-year-olds trying to build muscle. And so I think it's also more so a case of I guess because I've done this for 12 years, I've worked with so many different people from people who have had heart attacks and strokes to people who just wanted to be in a better mental state to people who want to lose weight, to athletes. And like when you have an understanding of how a certain population works. You could work with more of that
0: population. You you, you build through that experience. That, that is what what you do. Like for example, if I was to take on women, I can get women amazing results. But sure. it's you said it's building. You build that experience. So you're yeah. building instead of you going through that journey yourself. You've done done that journey with X amount of women, for example. Yeah. Um. So then you know kind of because behaviors are very similar. Um. I always say that sounds awful when I say that, but one thing That's like. True after working and you say you've done 12 years I'm coming up to my seventh year you know when you first talk to someone you can kind of it's I can feel the behavior coming off of them and I can be like okay I, I kind of know what situation you're in I know what you're struggling with I can you kind of just know that off like the top of your head now because behaviors are so similar and we're all similar people even if we don't want to uh, admit to it true but, I th- uh, go on.
1: I was just going to say like even if you haven't worked with a certain type of person I would just very honestly say, I've never worked with someone in your shoes before and so this would be a first time for me. Are you okay with me working with someone like that? And I think as long as you're honest with someone, you know, like I I trained this uh, girl online and, uh, and she's got MS and she lives in London and I've never trained anyone who's had that sort of condition before in their life. Never went to the gym prior to us training and like, what, two years in now, she can deadlift like 100 kilos amazing, and so you know but these are things that i had no understanding of but by being honest and also saying i will go and learn more about this because i'm curious about how to help you you know i think a improves my capability and b as a trainer who knows nothing about it and honestly doesn't know anything about it I'm going to, to make sure you get what you're looking for, I'm going to go above and beyond to learn everything I need to. And so I, I think it's the people who pretend.
0: I actually find that really exciting as well. I always say, you know, one of my best ever, uh, it sounds off to say my best ever clients, but one of my clients, they were with me uh, for five years. My first ever client, it was actually, and I had said to her at the time, um, well, she asked, well, she asked me a bunch of questions and I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. I was like, I don't have a clue. But I said, leave it with me and I'll find out for you. And the yeah. reason why I say she was one of the best ever clients because she asked me, was so passionate about getting involved in fitness. And first thing she said to me as well, she was like, I know this is not going to be an overnight change. I was like, This is the best situation I've ever been in. She was asking me questions, I was learning. For example, now how I know how to get girls and uh, you know, an unbelievable ass is from me buying resources under my table is just a million bucks. Um, if I was even one of my bloody favourites is right here this buddy but ba- this bad boy glute lab if anyone <laughs> <laughs> what what is, to... is that Brett
1: Contreras
0: yeah insane yeah yeah of um, cost me like sixty quid but
1: yeah, Brett, um, Brett Contreras is the is the god of glutes <laughs>
0: uh, hun- yeah lad. and so during that time I had to learn so much but that I found that really exciting because I was like oh I'm learning all this let's implement it and my clients at the time knew that you know I had a client at the time. Um, that was doing things like hyper extensions, you know, um, with bands and all these cool things that I was trying out. And I I said to them, I was like, listen, I said, I've not done these exercises before either. Um, I know what they look like. I know where you should be feeling it. Let's work on it. And also in between sessions, I used to get one of the other PTs to come and help me try and figure it out for myself. So over over the years, I put myself through that and like how you would have to learn and to be able to then help that, particular person I said now it's I said I think you know I, I'm at a stage where I've now got a lot of information um, a lot of information I think that not even a regular person would need but that actually brings me on to a really good point and obviously there's people like Eddie Abu, Abu there's like all them Americans that go around picking up cereal saying this is the worst meal worst food that you can ever pick but like say things like on podcasts now so you've got, like, um, Stephen Bartlett, who I actually am a, I'm a big fan of. I've, I've loved his podcast for a long time, um, yeah. mainly with, ma- only mainly with the guests that I kind of <laughs> want to watch. But mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that he puts out, so there's people like that will say calories in, calories out don't matter. People that say, you know, exercise isn't going to help you feel better. There's all these people saying all these crazy things, and it's the misinformation that, and you see it in the comments because some people then agree and people are arguing against it and obviously that's the reason why it's being made to be able to um, get out to more people but with that in misinformation if I was if I was just a regular person right and I was going online I was seeing these reels I was seeing all these podcasts I was listening to them what would you say to that particular person in regards to them actually getting the right information
1: I'd say go listen to the podcast and then say, come and ask me any questions that you've got. But uh, Mm. I'd I'd always say, just take all information with a pinch of salt. I was like, there's no definitive factor that gets results. Cause I say, guess what? Everyone would have the results by now.
0: Mm. Mm -hmm. 100%. And I, I think one thing I always say to my clients as well, I said the best thing now is that you have one pool of information and that is me. So, if you've got any questions, if you listen to anything and you're unsure, you've got one sole person to talk to about it, and I'll tell you whether it's right, it's wrong, whether I don't know. And yeah. I think having that is actually really, really key. So, you don't have to feel like you're just messing about, moving from side to side, moving, you know, thinking about this, that, and everything. You've just got that one sole pool of information.
1: I think it's important for people to go and explore other information because like I said, a lot of people talk in half-truths, so Mm -hmm. when people go and explore other forms of content and ask questions about, hey, I heard this, what's your thoughts on this? Hey, I heard that, what's your thoughts on that? Like, ultimately, what a lot of these people say always comes back to a calorie deficit, even if they don't use the word calories in the first place. So when Mm -hmm. I break it down for them, they're like, oh yeah, you're right. And so, you know, I help them digest the information in a way that's not being explained. And so, you know, it all comes back to the same formula, but a lot of people just don't know how they get there in the first place no. because they talk about all these nuances in the sciences.
0: Yeah. It always comes back to the calories. It always does. You know, if someone's telling you to eat um, less processed foods, the, the unprocessed foods are most likely going to have less calories in general than the processed foods. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly so obviously end of the day it's going to and then, and then, and then but that's the issue is that the people who are do, um, who, are, who follow these things aren't going up just one level deeper um to un- understand that so much and i think nowadays as well i think so much has changed in the, in the fitness space you know once upon a time it was all about the you know the keto um, and we've been then, through so
1: many phases it, yeah. at one point it was all about hit training and only hit training yeah you know um, and then it was Tabata and then you know and...
0: Tabata do you remember Tabata <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> yeah
1: yeah you um, know and then amazing. it was all now it's all about incline walking zone two training you know and you know all these different trends come about and like so there's so many that are out there there's been atkins there's been carnivore you know bloody liver king brought around um the raw diet for a while you know what i mean like liver diet and so there's been so many different types over the years but like any for anyone who ever did get a result and they kept it there'll be millions of people who didn't get a result but the ones who didn't get a result. I'm sure they learned that anything that did happen in their body, any changes that happened, I'm, I'm hoping that they understand more about themselves than they did prior to doing it.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, There's so there's been so many and I think there'll always be something and there'll always be new n- new trends all the time or new things to, for people to um, follow. What would be, if, if someone was, say, for example, watching all these things, would you recommend them just going straight at it and just getting a coach instead?
1: It depends on where their headspace was. Mm-hmm. Someone who's really vulnerable, and I think that's the key here now. Like when you talk about who's talking about this information, who's going to listen to it? It's the people who are most vulnerable who feel like they've tried everything and they're not making any changes. So now all that's left is to do an extreme method, right? Mm-hmm. They're the people who are more likely to explore these methods. It's like, nothing's worked, nothing's working. I have to now go do one of these extreme diets. And so the truth is, it's not that nothing worked, it's that they probably didn't do it consistently enough to see the changes. And so because people want to see a quicker change, an extreme diet will give them that quick change. So for me, if someone's headspace is in a vulnerable space where they're looking for change from a place of desperation, to be honest, they're not going to be willing to go and learn about their situation and how they got to where they were, their bad habits, you know, the slower process. So to be honest, I would say to those people, go try it, see how it works for you. And then for the people who want to understand like how they got to where they were and they want a change that they can keep for the rest of their lives and they're not in a rush to get there. I'd say, you know, reach out to a coach and, you know, find someone who's got your best interests. You know, at the end of the day, find a coach who asks more questions about you than tells
0: you more about themselves. That's the key. Something I um wrote down there that I always mention is to play the long game. That's how yeah. I got that's how I got to where I am today. Um, and when you do play the long game, you know the you understand that there's going to be weeks where you aren't 100%. You know, understand there's going to be times where you're going to be struggling, but because you know you're playing the long game, you know you're going to get to your results no matter what, and that goal, you know, no matter what happens. Um, and as you said, when people do out of desperation, and I think this can be sometimes be a bit of a thing with coaches as well, we'll take people on who, who do maybe do feel desperate. It's letting that person know that as well that like the honest truth, I think, is key. You know, see how they would react to how you feel and how you maybe see their behavior as well. I think um, a lot of people are just too afraid as well to tell people, you know, something that they don't want to hear. But you have yeah. to be able to do that in order to grow. You know, I, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have people in my corner turn around and tell me things that I didn't want to hear. You know, Absolutely. Julia, you know, you, you've done this or you know um, you've been you fell off recently or you know you're not doing this then I wouldn't have that higher level of accountability to get to where I where I want to be and I can I can say I'm I'm guilty of it in the past I have took on clients that have come across quite desperate and have seen me as like the last resort of being like oh you know if, you know if I don't do this oh. and then you know a couple of weeks in they're doing well and then a couple of weeks later when I when you try and coach them they really try and fight it off and my actual coach said this to me he was like so the first three months of a transformation don't matter he said it's after that first three months when you've noticed whether the client can be coachable or not okay. and I was and I was like wow and I was like it's so true because when you what does what does coachable mean well coachable for me means that you are you can accept honesty from say for example me you are willing to do that deeper work if when i ask you a certain question you will be like okay let me actually have a think about that you you know you want to change your identity so you are willing to actually do things like okay understanding that person that you want to become going that level deeper rather than i just want be in shape um you know even... the best student. yeah 100 percent um and it's crazy because i've even had results over periods um, where the person's got amazing results but they've not been coachable to a degree and, I'm, and I and and I I say to them so there's this one guy that always stands out to me because he was a friend of mine in college and he came to me three months he lost I think it was like 33 pounds it was insane his progress was amazing he was feeling on top of the world I'd see him out doing his runs in the park while I was yeah, doing mine or going walking and, and it was amazing to see all this progress he was making and after three months he was like oh I think I can do this on my own I said to him, You can't. I was like, Not right now. I was like, We haven't even built a new identity for you yet. You haven't reached that sort of pinnacle, that sort of point where I can be like, You've graduated, mate. Yes, you can go. And he was like, No, he's like, I understand that. I understand you being honest and stuff. But he wasn't coachable at that point because I was telling him, I was like, Mate, I've seen this a lot. You know, people will leave after three months if i believe that you can truly go and smash this out on your own then i'm happy to let you go you know yeah. um, i had a client recently that was with me for 14 months he was like he's like gel i think it's time for me to really see, go at this on my own and i was like 100 percent. i was like i agree with that because i because he had built that new identity he wasn't that person that went out drinking anymore he wasn't that person that um he he was the person that trained in the gym three times a week, no matter what happened. He would, yeah. that was now the normal version of him. So I was like, yeah, I've got no issue at all with you going, but when that other guy left, I was just said to him, I was like, mate, literally, you're gonna just end up going backwards again, and we can't. I just don't want to see that happening. I messaged him not long ago, and guess what happened? Um, not he, yeah, we started moving backwards hundred percent. He said, oh, I haven't been out on my walks much, or I haven't been doing this much. And I'm just like, well, if you allow yourself, so when you go into a process like this with a coach, I know it sounds quite hard to do, but just allow yourself to be coachable, allow yourself to accept all the feedback and accept that it's not going to be nice either. You know, um, one of my clients recently, he were, he said that he found it really hard putting his progress photos up. And that's so why I said, why did you feel it, it was hard? putting then progress photos up? He said, I feel a lot of shame. And I was like, why do you feel a lot of shame about it? And this is a client that was with me previously for three months and left. And then he realized a year later, he was like, I shouldn't have left. And then he came back. And yeah. I said, okay, why, why did you feel this level of shame about these photos? And he was like, because I've let myself, you know, neglect my body for all these years. But he that's him doing that level deeper. So I, I said to him, so I said, so why are you being critical over it? And he was like, because... Um, you know, I've got, for example, he's changed his life. He's got all these different things going on. He was like, I'd be in a be- much better situation to deal with all these things. And I said, well, are you taking steps forward right now? Or are you taking steps backwards? And he's like, well, I'm with you now. So I know that I'm going to take steps forward. So I said, well, instead of being that, I said once again, that critical pit, pe- be curious of why that happened previously and learn from that. But then also understand that now you're in a really good situation to crack on and get going. And I think that is where said a lot of people aren't willing to do that sort of work but when you do that are oh, so rewarding and so helpful think, as
1: well yeah absolutely I think a lot of people misunderstand like when to get a personal trainer or when to start working with a coach mm-hmm. and I think they think they should be at their absolute best and they're stuck moving forwards but the truth is a lot of these people they're not at their best because somewhere along the cycle they self sabotage or they fall apart they break down and they move backwards and so our job's not to stop you our job's not to help you get past the sticking point our job's to help you get consistent so you never reach that sticking point so i tend to tell people if when your life's good you you don't need me truth be told because you're going to do everything that needs to be done mm-hmm it's when your life's falling apart you need me the most because that's when you don't realize what habits are in place why you do what you do what you do when you're emotional what you do when you're stressed they're the things i'm here to help you realize that you're doing this you're doing this you're not doing this you're not doing that you're sitting at home just like dwelling in your sorrows you know versus you know you could be doing something to help pick yourself up etc cetera, etc cetera. Uh, you know that level of support that people don't realize that they need but like a lot of people feel like they have to be on top of the world when they come to you to get to that next level they think Mm. we are here to either only train athletes or they're they're not thinking we're looking at people who are at stage one and truth be told if people came on to us sooner we'd be able to break those like self-sabotaging negative habits earlier on So even if they never, a lot of people with me, they don't actually get the full result. They get probably just over halfway of the result, but because everything's in place so that they can continue when they leave me, they actually end up keep going further and they get the result by themselves. So I don't help people get the final result, but I help people learn how to get the final result by learning where they're going wrong in the first place. And so, you know, it's amazing because a lot of people who have ever trained with me, whenever I see them down the line, the, most of them are in the best state of their lives. You know, I can't say for all because some people do fall apart, but, you know, most people do just like they're on top of the world. And, you know, I literally just saw um, a client at my gym when I was training. And she she stopped working with me nearly seven, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she has a daughter. She wasn't going to the gym. She had no confidence. She would always come to the gym and, like, um, she would always, like, train in, like, big baggy jumpers because, you know, she wasn't confident in herself. Yeah. And she would never go into a free weight section. And I saw her training in the gym the other day. And she says she goes to the gym three times a week. And she's in the big weights area where she would never, ever have gone prior to us training and so it's amazing to see how far she's come she's consistent she's doing what she needs to be doing and she's now got way better results past our training than when she was with me and you know like it may have been short term our work together but she's got what she needed out of it so she can sustain long-term results 100%
0: there's I think there's no better feeling than that you know the amount of pride you feel as a coach when you do see that um you know I I remember training in my gym I got a tap on my shoulder and it was um a guy who I trained for about six months and he literally just tapped me on the shoulder and he went he said I just wanted to say another thank you he was like you completely changed my life he was in there training and I was like this is amazing um or you Love know maybe really emotional on the lap hold down <laughs> um, <laughs> and um then one of my clients this is quite recently so this was one of my clients that the glute lab has helped massively um oh, yeah. but she I got she was a client of mine for three, four years, absolutely got into insane shape. She was squatting, I think it was 110 our heaviest squat was. Um nice. and for a female that's mental. Um RDL, I think, was about 120, 130. Um, and there were also all like glute accessory lifts and things we were doing we were really, really cool. And so she actually ended up wanting to do a bodybuilding competition. Okay. So I, I said to her, I was like I was like, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't have a clue about posing. I don't have a clue about carb cycling or, you know, all these things that bodybuilders would would have to have done um, and to get you ready for the show. I was like, I don't know where you're going to buy a bikini from. So I don't I don't know all of this stuff. It's not your so, field. Yeah, 100%. That's what I said to her. I was like, listen, um, I'd much rather refer you onto to someone that I know does do these things. Um, so actually she just brought me a bunch of options that she had seen and I was just kind of then had a look through all the pages see who I thought was the best fit for her and um, she now trains in the gym um, that I train and it's amazing seeing her because it's like, so she's pre- she was pre- or was prepping or is prepping for her first show and she hasn't been a client of mine for over two years I think and to see her now like just be an absolute machine I love that and- and uh, and 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 to see her doing things like you know getting ready for a show and putting herself I see her on the step and now after every for like 45 minutes doing her extra cardio it's just amazing to see and it just feels good that I've been able you've been able to build someone up so that's a, the fact is that I built her such a strong base of knowledge that she right now is just in a really good place um and yeah it's, a, it's a, it fills you with pride as a coach 100% but I think you know the put, point of this podcast was Okay, that all the misinformation that people have been getting. I think to end it on a point, I would I would personally say that if you are that person that's going through all these Instagram reels or these TikTok reels, as you said, take it with a pinch of salt. I think is key number one. Understand that, you know, a lot of them are half-truths. I've never heard of it said that way. Uh, half-truths, but it's really that's that's a whole truth. <laughs> um and so take it with that pinch of salt and also just try and find yourself, you know, like one sole place of information, I would say, one trusted, one source that you can trust. Um, what would you say on that point to finish up?
1: Yeah, I would just say, like, you know, if you're finding, uh, the, I always tell people, if you ever change quickly, it's because you don't understand what happened. So chances are, any changes that happen quickly, you're also going to lose quickly. Mm -hmm. So for that, I would say to people, you know, find a coach. If you can afford a coach that, you know, is willing to learn about who you are and find a way that you can change in your life. Or the alternative would be, I think if you want to try some of these diets, I'm not against it. I just think, people need to understand that any result that you get quickly, if you can't sustain it, you have to remember, like the way I would define sustainability, by the way, is if you don't see yourself doing these diets for the rest of your life. So if you want to remove carbs or go keto and you want to be keto for the rest of your life, guess what? That's absolutely fine. That's what I would class as a sustainable diet right? If you want to go carnivore and just eat meat for the rest of your life, that is sustainable. But if you can't see yourself living without a certain type of food, you are now doing something unsustainable. And so if you think you can't live without something, don't remove something out of your life that you know you can't live without. You are setting yourself up for failure. So, you know, without that being said, though, it's still worth trying because you'll learn something about yourself, whether it's like your capability, you know, your limitations are further away mm. than you realized, or guess what, you can go longer in a day with that with being hungry than you thought because you did fasting, you know, um, there's loads of things that you can learn. So but if if you can't keep the result, you need to go back to basics and realize that there's so much more to the method, like. Most people are emotional eaters and Mm. they don't realize that their sabotage comes from emotions. When people are sad, they don't want to do things. I think the best way of explaining it is when you're in a negative mindset, you behave a certain way. When Mm. you're in a positive mindset, you behave a certain way. Now, we need to find a way that your negative and your positive isn't affecting each other and you've got some neutral aspects, which we define as discipline and make sure that they always happen regardless of how you feel. Now, I'm gonna leave you on a quote on that because this is how I describe it to people. So a lot of people are looking for motivation, right? Motivation is doing something based on how you feel, Mm -hmm. right? It's an action that happens based on how you feel. Discipline is an action regardless of how you feel, right? So with me just explaining people doing things in a positive and negative mindset, you're looking to find discipline where you do something regardless of how you feel. And that's how you're gonna see the next level of what you're looking for.
0: Million percent. I think something that you said there is always key, that um the tests and your limits. Um so I think sometimes you do need do need to do that for me. You know, when I was getting ready for a photo shoot, that was testing my limits, that was seeing what I was capable of. That was me in the trenches, and it taught me a lot. And I think that that sometimes can be quite a really good thing because it opens your eyes to what you're capable of. And then it m- m- makes now, for example, hitting a higher calorie goal easy. Yeah, you know, and, and things like that. And yeah, I think like most people most people are emotionally leaders a lot of people don't understand. Um, how to deal with their emotions, whether it be boredom, whether it be you know sadness, whether you know you're upset, whether you've got more stress. Um, the mental side of the game is key. If you want long term results, you have got to look after that mental side and understand these behaviours. And um, once you start to understand them, then you can catch yourself in the act. You can start putting things in place, changing the um, the actual responses. I mentioned to a client the other day because um, they they were an emotional eater. Um, and said so now they instead they've now got hobbies that they fall to instead. So when they're stressed, you know, a lot of my lads may go and play football. You know, um, for example, me if I'm stressed, I just go to the driving range. It's 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 a better thing. It's a better way of me dealing with something say emotionally than it would be eating. So it's also changing in the positive and that is just part of the recovery process to allow yourself to, to deal with your emotions better, better over time as well. But no, um, Adam, that was really, really good. Um, Appreciate you coming on brother. Um, for people who that want to find you, where can they find you?
1: Uh, I'm on all social platforms, but I'm easily contactable on Instagram. Um, My name is ask coach Adam. So that's like ask a question.
0: Right. Amazing.